Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wake Her Up. We are here. We are live in our beautiful community of over 42,000 women globally. We are here with Dr. Melissa Lowski. Hello. Welcome. welcome Hello, welcome. everybody. She is incredible. She has her own hormone therapy clinic, and she's going to mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about where that's at and how you can get a hold of her, where she is offering the pellet method. But also, and correct me if I'm like giving you wrong titles in this, but uh, you're on the advisory board. Is that the for mm -hmm. Joy Women's Cor Wellness? Correct. So, you know, so often in this hormone therapy land, we have doctors that are either for pellets or against pellets. Or there's no gray zone. It feels like yeah, there's zero. No and you also have people that are OBGYNs that are just only talking about the FDA approved within the limitations mm -hmm. and the guidelines. And there's no room to talk about what telehealth companies are doing um, right. or like what's beyond the FDA, mm -hmm. you know, regulatory mm -hmm. stuff. And you are a rarefied sister, <laughs> like someone that is talking and advocating for all of it, which is we, in my community with 42,000 women going and trying hormone therapy, I'm watching all of it work. I'm watching mm -hmm. all of it not work. Yep. And it is when women get scared of one thing that they don't go try it. That is the horrible, horrible, like yep. downfall, downfall of this whole thing. They have one bad experience or something didn't work and they're completely unwilling to say, well, what were my other options? Nobody even knows what the other options or where nope. they saw somebody on TikTok like screaming that it's so damn scary. Don't even yep. do that. So they went yep. to an OBGYN. They gave them a patch. They gave them, uh -huh. you know, some antidepressants for the hot flashes. And they're like, well, that didn't work. So then they're like, well, hormone therapy doesn't work for me. Right. And that is the disaster. Nope. Yep. There's more it is. available. <laughs> so today. First, tell us where is your clinic? How long have you been practicing? And why, like, what brought you to the space? Why did you end up having your own practice? So, my name is Dr. Melissa Lowski. I do own my own practice called Renew Institute in Omaha, Nebraska, licensed in several states because that question will always come up. Well, if I connected with you and I want to see you, where, where I am licensed in Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, South Dakota are the big five, but also sit on the advisory board for Joy Women's Wellness, which is a telehealth company who is able to help women in menopause, perimenopause. So they're also a great resource if you're like, well, dang it, that's not where I live. Where are my other options? Who who do I go see? Because I feel like everybody's got a friend who lives somewhere else who's like, oh yeah, I'm on hormone replacement. Just go find somebody in your in your town, which proves so much more difficult than it, it should be, for lack of better terminology yeah. here. Right. I mean, um, I feel like perimenopause and menopause, like we talk about, it takes a village to raise a baby. It takes a village to figure out how to get through perimenopause and menopause. It really does. I think one of the things that I started realizing through all of this is how, um, how much this phase correlates with junior high, right? And going through all of the hormonal changes there, you know, I mean, you're starting to feel new feelings. You're starting to yep. think new thoughts. You're starting to fall in love for the first time. Mm -hmm. You're like trying all of these new hairstyles. You want to run away, right? Like it yep. is all the same feelings, but what's different is that when we were 13, 14, 15, we were in school. We would mm -hmm. show up and be around girls, our exact same age, our exact same yep. grade, going through exact same thing. And we were seeing it every mm -hmm. day for eight hours all day. So it yep. wasn't weird. It wasn't weird that someone was freaking out. It wasn't weird that someone was breaking up their boyfriend and then getting back and getting, it wasn't weird. <laughs> but now here we are, we're 40. We live in our own little house in our own little mm -hmm. world. And we are never around a massive group of 40 year olds, right? Like you're just with your neighbors and my mm -hmm. neighbors are like 30, you know, and and so then it feels weird because we don't know They're like everyone's freaking out. Or you sit down to have a conversation with your girlfriends and nobody wants to tiptoe around the fact like, 
I haven't had sex with my husband in a year. What do you mean you have sex on a weekly, more than once a month? I, like we're we're afraid to have those conversations with even our best friends. Well, because we think it's our fault. We think, yep. you know, if, if you're not, it could be as simple as you never sleep. And mm -hmm. if you say that to a group of friends, or, or even if you like are willing to admit it, you're right. going to constantly be like, well, you know, I should get off my phone more. Maybe you should, but you know, maybe I should, you know, whatever you're going to like blame yourself. And in the end, it's your hormones. <laughs> Uh -huh. Females are what I like to tell all my patients, irrational rationalizers. We can rationalize our way to anything. Of course, I'm crabby. I'm not sleeping very well. Of course, I'm tired and don't want to go to the gym. I didn't sleep very well last night. Of course, I don't want to have sex with my significant other because I'm not sleeping and I'm crabby and I hate him. It's just, it's easy for us. Or my favorite is especially the younger moms who don't realize or the younger women in their early thirties, mid thirties are like, well, I'm raising kids. Isn't this how I'm supposed to feel? No. And most of us, it's not until for those of us who have kids or you get to this later point in life, you're like, well, gosh, my kids are getting themselves up. They're getting themselves ready for school. I'm more tired than I was when I was getting up with them as infants. Isn't it supposed to be the opposite? Yes. It's, it's kind of crazy. Oh my God. It is. I feel like I have these conversations every day and it yep. never, it, it's always just holy crap. Like, uh -huh. why don't we know about this? And it's right. so exciting to be gathering the women. I mean, uh -huh. honestly, this is when people say like, I can't afford hormone therapy. I can't go get it. I don't have access to it. They're in some, you know, country where it's just completely not available. Um, the one thing that does bring me hope is that, you know, we all got through it in junior high without supplements. <laughs> we all, we all made it through without having help with our hormones. We just, we all got through We figured it, it out. I mean, maybe we walked away with like some horrible parent relationship. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was damage done, but we hated the world. <laughs> and so I think that that is the one thing that I'm like, okay, you can't afford hormone therapy, but you're here and now you have a people and now yep. you know what's normal you know that like this is a phase you know it's going to end you know it's not your fault you can like change a few things you know mm -hmm. it's like being a teenager if all of a sudden your armpits were smelly and you were like all by yourself and you didn't know you'd be like oh my gosh this is the worst but if you like hang out with a whole bunch of people and we're like we all smell it's right. fun even if you didn't have deodorant yep you would be way better right <laughs> like, like we all smell it's going to end in a few years. It's going to be all right. And so the safety in numbers, bringing people together is way mm -hmm. better, even if you can't go get the actual it, hormone therapy that, you know, your neighbor got. So oh, love this. And it's okay. going to take an army, an army of us women to fight it. Oh, that's the other thing that to realize that we are front lines of this. Mm -hmm. So I had a woman um, reach out to a clinic that was in um, Canada and, you know, she's part of my group. So she's watching everything that's available across the world. Yep. And she goes to a Canada provider that I had recommended because it was literally the only telehealth uh -huh. one that was even willing to talk about testosterone. Yep. But the joke is they give a very small amount of uh -huh. testosterone and she came back and she's like, they are liars. They, you know, they think that testosterone is like a man's, uh, hormone, but like that's why they're not willing to give me more than this. And she was just like really upset. And I had, mm -hmm. to, I had to like back out and say like, this is the best we got. Like, right. like sometimes we like that. We're, this is us. We're just keep fighting the good fight. Yeah. We're like, we're, I think women coming together, we're learning faster than some providers are. Mm -hmm. And so then we go thinking like the providers are going to like, that this information is new to us and right. they already have it. And that's not yep. true. Like yep. we're the ones that have started talking, gathered all this information. Mm -hmm. and they don't even know. Mm -hmm. So crazy. Well, and a big problem in the medical system is, and I know I saw it is, I mean, in medical school for the postmenopausal female, thyroid, antidepressants, Premarin, which is conjugated horsemare urine. Well, some of the same people who were in residency with me are now teaching the next generation. 
So until we break this system and ask the healthcare systems, hey, can we educate people in a different way? I don't know how long it'll continue other than those of us out, those of us out there who say, hey, this is not right. I know there's an army of us from a medical practitioner standpoint, like like I say, trying to fight the good fight. But even as even as even as women as you're, as you're out there searching, watching on Instagram, wherever information is coming from, exactly like you're talking about, either you're going to find FDA only or you're going to find those of us who are like, eh, it's a gray zone. It's OK. Right. And it just creates more confusion. It, it, I think that's one thing that's really hard is people are like, well, what's hormone therapy? And you're like, well, <laughs> well <laughs> how much do time have, do you have? have an hour because uh-huh. and even after that, there's, there's not still, an answer. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Okay. So let's try to get as many clear answers as we can today. Okay. Today, you're going I'll to focus. Talk. I'll get off my, my soapbox a little bit. It's so important because... It is confusing. I think people come mm-hmm. to listen to things like this to get the buy now button, the answer, the right. one thing that's going to fix their thing. And what's really hard is to realize there's not a buy now button. There's no. not a quick fix. This is no. women getting back to what we probably were never taught. It's us getting back to listening to our bodies. Mm-hmm. I had never been taught that. It's us trusting our gut. It's yeah. us like advocating it's us using our like all these motivational things that people have been talking about uh-huh. like now's the time like this is it like we gotta yep. use it all so 100 it's important to have that first conversation but today with you specifically we are going to talk about pellets because okay. that is like what are pellets there's a lot of fear around it um And I want to start by telling my experience because I think a lot of people will come to my page and they think, oh, she's just an advocate for pellets. Well, hell yeah, I am because it literally (laughs) saved my life and I knew nothing else. So had I known that there was a whole bunch of options, I may have tried lots of other things. But my experience was felt like crap, did the whole thing, went to the doctor, did check my hormones. She said, you're normal. She actually did give me a testosterone cream, but mm-hmm. no information, like absolutely none. I, I had no, I didn't know really where to put it. I didn't really, it was a mess and I wasn't consistent enough. Did nothing. About a year later, I thought, wow, I'm super depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. I am a really motivated person. I've always been a go-getter. CEO of a company, was doing motivational speaking, was writing a book, and I didn't want to wake up in the morning. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And luckily, a friend said, why don't you go to this medical, uh, it's like a medical center. They did Botox. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was like, I don't even care. Like, what do I have to lose? I do research. Absolutely none. (laughs) None at all. Because all I needed to do was call someone. And she said, we help with that. And she said, we can help you. You shouldn't have to feel like this. And I sat and bawled on the phone while she told me stories of other patients that felt like I did and what they did to help. And I was like, I couldn't get in fast enough. I didn't care about the research. I didn't care about what it was. I mean, literally, that's where I'm at. I mean, women are going and getting Botox. We're not worried about that being like, you know. A neurotoxin? You know, (laughs) (laughs) like. We're getting like some pretty crazy facials uh-huh. here, you know, and I'm like, that's not natural. But I went in, I did this pellet. So anyone that's asking, and we're going to get into like what an actual pellet is, but from like a regular girl standpoint, what my experience was, I go in, first of all, the doctor sat and talked to me for a good like half hour. And I checked on all the boxes of my symptoms and she looked over it and she didn't just ask me about the ones that I checked. What was really impressive is that she asked me about the ones I didn't check Mm -hmm. as well. She was like, you didn't check sleep. Tell me about your sleep. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. I wake up a couple times a night. She's like, that's a problem. And I was like, isn't that just like a normal adult thing to do? She's like, absolutely not. You should be sleeping all night. And I was like, I wouldn't have known that. And she dug in. She's like, tell me about your marriage. Tell me about your kids. Tell me Mm -hmm. about your life. Tell me about your lifestyle. I was like, no doctor has literally ever asked me, like, what do you eat? Right. Like, right. And so just that right there was really awesome. And then the procedure. So I lay on a table. Uh, there's no stirrups, which I was like, this is great, right? But there's no <laughs> stirrups in the room. You're like, good day. Yep. 
And I didn't even take my pants off. Like I just unbuttoned my pants to kind of like pull them down a little bit. I had my little butt cheek, big butt cheek, whatever you want to call it, you know, my cute <laughs> butt cheeks hanging out. And um, I was a little nervous. I thought there would be some pain from like numbing. And literally probably within three minutes, she's like, done. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> I felt nothing. She had mm -hmm. numbed me punctured a hole and you can explain it so much better Stuck <laughs> a metal tube in there or straw put this little pellet almost like a rice looking thing in there and then just like put a band-aid on there you know and good to go and I was amazed and it was two nights later I slept all night and awesome. it was three months later that my bones didn't hurt anymore it was the second, after the second pellet, mm -hmm. I remember I went away for a week. And when I came back, my husband walked in the door. And this is at a point where I thought, we're probably getting divorced because I don't like you anymore. Because nothing mm -hmm. you do turns me on at all. I'm absolutely mm -hmm. annoyed. And don't touch me. And he walked in the door. And I felt like a 15-year-old. Like that, like when the boy walks in the room. And like, there he is in the hall. And it was like, it took my breath away. Like it mm -hmm. felt like, I, I don't know how, how to explain that feeling. It, that you just, think that that yeah, feeling only existed like in high school, you know, where like it was like predating, like <gasps> we're dating. I mean, I've lived with this man for 12 years, you know? <laughs> and I just thought, whatever this is, this is, you know, this is great. Quite frankly, I mean, this is just coming from a non-medical person. I I was at the point where I didn't want to wake up in the morning if what I was taking was dangerous, but it was going to help me live like that for five years, 10 years. If they were going to tell me like, that's going to be it, I'd be like, great, I way more care. years than I wanted to live in the first place. Yeah. That's where I was at. And um, we hear that a lot. No. I think that's what's crazy, you know, mm -hmm. is that most women just want to feel good. They want to be able to wake up in the morning and like if they have a partner that is good to them and they like, they want to be able to like them. <laughs> like, right? Like how many women are like, but he's a good guy. I don't understand. Why do I not like you? Right? It's confusing. But the sound of you swallowing water makes me want to throat punch you. Yeah. Like I huh? literally can't stand you laying yep. next to bed. Like the sound of you breathing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not yeah. normal, ladies. <laughs> you shouldn't feel that way about your spouse. Normal. Just... Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the pellets. Okay. Why? Okay. Let's where do we want to start? Okay, what is it? What's in the pellet? Like, how did this come about? Health therapy's been around for a lot longer than most people think. Decades. Like we're not talking a decade, we're talking closer to 60 plus years. Yeah. Long time. Um, it's been in the U.S., what, I want to say 30 years, right? I, mm, no longer than that. Longer than that. Okay. It's Yeah. I think there were some early talks of pellet therapy in like even the 1950s. Wow. Not specifically necessarily hormones, but it's, we've, we've had several decades. We've had, I have met least. women or talked to women that have been on pellets for like 15 years. Yep. So yeah, I time. mean, we're probably safely pushing 40 years of pellets. Wow. Okay. But really the last two decades have been the biggest traction decades, so to speak. And I feel like that curve is really just increase increasing. Yeah. What's in pellets is going to depend on where you get them from. So what I mean by that is they're made with a binder, whether that's cholesterol, which for those of you who don't know, cholesterol is key to the entire sex hormone pathway. So in females who, females, males, doesn't really matter. And anybody who's on a cholesterol lowering drug, if it gets too low, if your provider is pushing your total cholesterol too low, you're going to lose your ability to safely make estrogen, testosterone, progesterone the way you need to. So it I'll talk about the 35,000 foot view. Okay, well, I created, did I create another problem with what I already did? So most of us practitioners prefer a cholesterol-based pellet. 
Otherwise, so that, that's a type of binder. Another type of binder is what's called steric acid. Makes it a little bit firmer, can be a little more difficult to break down, but those are typically your two. Whether you've got a pure, a steric acid, or a cholesterol-based binder, and outside of that, then it's just your medic medication, whether that's testosterone, estrogen. They do make progesterone pellets. It's not one I typically recommend for females, but a lot of times that gets sourced from all natural plant products. So I know one of the pharmacies we use when I ask them, where's your testosterone come from? Well, we source it from the Mexican yucca yam plant. So that, that's your little bit of basis there. So I, with that information, if let's say a woman had tried pellets before mm -hmm. and they didn't, and they didn't work, or maybe they caused some side effects that she was not thrilled about, would it be reasonable to think like, can she try a different type of pellets or yes. would it, would you conclude that like pellets probably aren't your thing in general? So the answer to that's going to depend on, okay, well, what, what, what were your side effects? Um, yes, I have gals who definitely feel better on a different brand of pellet, not even just as it a steric acid, a cholesterol. I'll have gals who feel better on a different pharmacy's pellet compared to another. The other important piece that I have found is this, this whole hormone replacement avenue of medicine is very gray. It's not black and white. I will have, I have found that most practitioners from a pellet standpoint, you're going to get a pellet basically every three to, I'm going to call it three to six months. Well, that means I'm giving you an X amount of dosing in hopes that it lasts for that time period. For me in private practice, I've really shifted that. And most of my gals are coming in every eight weeks, meaning they're getting a lower dose, but more frequent so that I can keep that curve more consistent rather than some highs and some lows. That so there, awesome. there becomes a whole lot of questions yeah. to ask that gal of, well, how much did they give you? One of the ones that I hate to ask, or I hate to even say that scares me the most is I'll ask gals, well, how often did you have labs? Oh, I haven't had a lab in three years. They're just treating based off of symptoms. Well, too high causes the same symptoms as too low. So now they're potentially way higher than they need to be. And we've got to let them drift back down. So That's the biggest thing I will say. Because mm -hmm. just talking about like the symptoms of too high and too low. That's super interesting because is it possible for someone has all these symptoms they jump on pellets. It pushes them. Like, does it, can it flip them so fast that, I, that someone in my position is getting them to come back? And they're like, I tried the pellets. I've been on them for whatever, two months. No difference. Feel the same. Is Do you think it flipped them to too high? Is that possible? Potentially. Depends okay. on where starting dose was. Right. I mean, I mean if, that's if, where the blood work comes in. Like, correct. you kind of have to know. Correct. Yep. And the biggest thing I will tell anybody on pellets, or let's be real, hormone replacement in, in general, especially my females, you need to give it six to 12 months. It's going to take awesome. that long for us as practitioners to get you stable, find your sweet spot. I, I can't tell you how many times this week alone I've said, here we are a year, 18 months in. It's so nice to be at the steady, stable place. But if you walk away after three months, you'll never know if we found it or not. Yeah. I mean we'll get into side effects. We'll get into like, you know, changes and things like that. But I feel like, you know, I had all of these different things happening when my testosterone was like mm -hmm. getting up and up. And now I've been on them for almost two years. And like, none of those things are happening. You know, right. like I just generally feel good. Like yep. I, you know, my body isn't like, what do we do with this? And what do we do with this? And let's try, you know, it's like, it's just stabled out. So yep. it's, it's so and much the hard. The hard part is, when you're on it for, so you've been on for two years. I've been on for, I think this is year three, maybe four for myself. It just becomes the new norm. I'll yeah. kind of equate it to like buying a new car. Like for that first year, you're like, look at me. I'm, yeah. I look pretty awesome in my car. Three years down the road, the kids have trashed it. There's junk in it. And you're like, this is just my car. You yeah. get used to that new norm and you, you, there almost becomes this mentality. Well, I'm on hormone replacement, so I should never be tired or my libido should never drop. Life still happens. You're Life still going to have those highs and those lows, but generally you should feel better than you did before you started. 
Yes. And I think that that's what's happened, right? Like during that first year, it's super exciting. You're like, oh my gosh, it's such a thrill. It's like playing at Disneyland yep. all damn day, you know? Yep. And then life starts happening. And you're like, wait, are my pellets working? Uh, right. Like it just becomes like, no, this is just what you do, right? It's Correct. like you drink this water is every just day. Life. Some days you're like, woohoo, my water uh -huh. like totally nailing it. And other days it's yep. like, I drank my water and like, I still am mad yep. at the world, right? Like we're going to move on to tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So pellets, uh, let me ask this because I know this is going to come up and this, I have to say, this is a little bit tricky in my situation because I'm watching all these women gain a vast amount of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're going to these providers and these providers are not prepared yep. for their questions, right? And yep. they get a little like, Ugh. so I want to equip women with power, with mm -hmm. choices, but I also want to say like, if you go to your doctor and be like, I demand, like, I need these to know, like, mm -hmm. where are your pellets coming from and what's binding them? Like, that might not be information that they're ready to issue you, right? Correct. Like, but I do think that women have the right to know what is being put in their body mm -hmm. and just know that maybe you can nicely ask and maybe you can nicely do your research and maybe you can just like kindly figure it out, right? And I'm not saying like, be the nice girl, but just be prepared. Like this isn't information that's typical of a patient to walk in and be like, so where do you get your pellets and what are they bound with? Right. right? They're going to be a little like, who are you? It's Although I think, as, I think as practitioners in the world of Google, like nothing surprises me anymore. It's like, oh, okay, I should be prepared for that question. I mean, obviously first question is find somebody who, if you're going to go down the pellet therapy pathway, find somebody who's comfortable there. Even myself as a practitioner, I, I actually joked the other day, I feel like I'm in circa 1800s where I should be burned at the stake because uh, it's not the menopause society's approval of pellets. It's no different than anything else. It absolutely can be done, can be done safely. Just make sure you've got an educated provider. There, that's going to be my, my soapbox there. Like it, it absolutely can be safe. And, I think and us as practitioners, when we don't, when we're not comfortable with something, our knee jerk is to tell you, no, don't do that. Right. Without the awareness to say, I'm telling you no, because I'm not comfortable there. Or I don't know enough. Or I've had patients who've had a bad experience. So just understand from that standpoint too. Yes. I love that. I think that if women are going to go and get pellets and you do want to know, like, if, if they're very, uh, if you're nervous about it, you want to know all the information, get all the information that you can, because not because one type of pellet or from a pharmacy is like good or bad. And this is, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's because if you have side effects, if it doesn't work, if you're, you know, then you can know this is what was in my body mm -hmm. and you can go try something else. It like, it gives you more options if you know what you tried. Correct. Right? Um, if, if you, you had a steric acid pellets, mm -hmm. yep. then you're going to just think, yep, well, it suck and they yep. don't work, but that might not necessarily be the case for you. Correct. So, okay. I think I for gals, the, the important questions to ask your, per, your provider, if you're doing pellets is I wouldn't worry as much about where it's being sourced from your larger, more reputable compounding pharmacies are going to have a better quality. But the big things that as if I were going to put myself in a patient's shoes would be did I get steric acid or cholesterol based or pure? So those are your three options. Ladies, ask your dose. Those things are really important too. In case it doesn't work with that provider. Now, you know, okay, well, here's what I did. Did that work for me or not? Yes, that is what always beneficial. Because if you don't know what you did, then you don't know what else to try. And Correct. that's the problem. Yep. Okay, what were the three? Say those one more time. So the base, the three basic types of pellets are a steric acid, and this is going to appeal more or apply more from a testosterone standpoint. Steric acid, cholesterol-based, or just a pure. Love it. Okay. Um, and so for anybody that has done pellets and they're listening to this, and maybe it didn't work or you had, like, you know, not great a situation – 
it might be interesting to call your provider from when you did it and ask them what base they use. That might be good information for you. Oh, and or dosing. And dosing. Okay, so let's talk about dosing. How okay. are they dosed? Level. So labs are very, very key there. This is where you're going to find a lot of variation out there. So I have a dear colleague who practices in Arizona. We vary differently on that. So when I first started in pellets, let's say you were a 130 pound female and your total testosterone was seven, which optimal is loosely 100 to 200 ladies. I would have probably dosed you at 112 to 125 milligrams based on activity because activity can definitely impact how quickly you metabolize them. Current practice now, I really don't, when I'm starting somebody out, I typically won't start them out above 70 milligrams. So I've really almost cut my dosing in half from that standpoint. And a lot of times that came from gals chasing the high. So if I start you high and you're at a seven, this is my greatest opportunity to increase you. And people will just end up being like, but I don't feel like I did when I started. Well, you do, but you, you're living in that high all the time now, and it just feels yeah. normal. So I personally, and I've had a lot of females where sweet spot is 75 to 125. Well, if I start you out at 125, I'm going to blow right past your sweet spot. And I'm going to spend more time trying to find that again than if I just started conservatively and had that conversation with you. Hey, ladies, I'm going to start you conservative. We're going to stair step this up. But I'd rather take three to four months and find where you feel great than spend nine trying to get back there. I love this. I love this so much because I think this is what's important for women individually. You, knowing this conversation, knowing that if you start high, you're going to feel a high. And then you you have to know yourself well enough to know, will you continue to chase that high? Or can you trust that that was like a, a really time. awesome high mm -hmm. and now we're going to level out? Yep. Or do you want to start slow and go there? Now, I would say for me, the place that I was at in my life, I needed a real quick, quick fix. slap in the face, drag my ass out of bed, <laughs> like punch me in the face, like wake the hell up. Right. Yep. I also am aware of like the high and like, this is going to feel real good. And then we're going to level out. I I'm right. aware of that. I've done enough yep. things in my life to understand like first time is mm -hmm. the best, you know? Yep. So knowing that now you have choices and you can advocate for yourself. So even if you go to a doctor that says, I want to start out low, maybe like what, what type of person would you like, if I came to you and I was like, I literally don't want to wake up tomorrow. Like I need, like, I'm going to die. You know, I mean, it, is there a difference between like where you start people based on, like, if I came in, I was like, I want to start high. Do you go there? Or do you need to find a different practitioner that's willing to go there? No, no. So that becomes where well, uh, so if, if that was you and you came in and I, we'd have a conversation, where do we start? Depends on what your lab level is going to look like. But I might also give you that immediate fix with a one-time injection while I'm waiting for pellets to kick in. So pellets typically are going to take seven to 10 days to break down. Yes, you, I will have patients who day three are like, oh my God, I feel amazing. This is the best I feel. Totally normal, but generally speaking. So I actually have, I don't know if anybody can see. Yeah. Right okay. This is awesome. Bit. So if you're listening on the podcast, she's showing what a pellet actually looks like. And it does just looks like a tiny little piece of rice. Almost. So yep. I'll, I'll call it a white Tic Tac is usually what I'll tell yes. patients. So this right here, that's a male pellet, testosterone, female testosterone pellet, estrogen. It's so oh tiny. It's like a tiny little wafer here. If I can put my the male pellet looks like pill you would swallow at night and the female is like a smaller than a tic-tac like Correct. it's yep. tiny. <laughs> like i actually have a tic-tac in my office and a tic-tac is bigger than that yeah tiny that's pellet. It's so tiny oh my so gosh. those pellets are going to break down into a paste similar to toothpaste body's going to pull on it and absorb it when it needs to so that's the really cool thing about pellets therapy it is the only form of hormone replacement that mimics natural circadian rhythms everything else you're giving to your body and asking it to break it down in its normal time frame. So 
had you come in, I, hey, I need to feel better yesterday. I would have probably, knowing that it was going to take a week or two for pellets to break down, I would have given you a one-time injection of testosterone, let you get feeling better, and then probably do still do a dose somewhere 80, 87.5. And here's the reason why. So ladies, if you're going in for a first-time pellet, there absolutely should be labs in four to five weeks when you're at your peak. Why? Well, if we know the half-life of pellets is four to six weeks, which means they should last eight to 12 weeks. If you're at a seven and my dosing only pushes you to a 60, but your practitioner didn't check that midpoint lab and instead they brought you back in three months, you're going to be right back down to a seven and you're someone who's going to say, pellets never worked for me, hormone replacement never worked for me, but because it wasn't tested appropriately to know if you got to the level you needed to get to. That that also, that eight to 12 week last time from a pellet standpoint should also throw up a red flag for you if anybody's telling you, hey, I'm gonna put these pellets in, I'll see you back in five or six months. They are not meant in females to last that long. So that's a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say here. That's a practitioner who's trying to take the shortcut. Do you want someone taking the shortcut with your hormones? Yeah, absolutely not. So we need someone that's so, like doing the whole thing. Um, right. So this is, I, this conversation is so important because it is, there's just such massive polarization in this. Mm-hmm. And I think women deserve just to know what is available and feel comfortable making choices rather than making a choice out of fear. Because even if you have all of this information and it, you're understanding what pellet therapy is, and you still are like, not really for me, at least you're not making a, a decision out of fear. You know, you're not Correct. making a decision because it's just like bad. And someone said it was bad. Correct. Like just, just gather the know information it. and you're know just, your options. That's not really my thing. And that's a yeah. better decision. So Correct. what, which also leads to the point, if pellets aren't for you, that doesn't mean there aren't options. Right. Like, like just because we're sitting here talking about pellets, ladies, don't think, oh, well, I'm, I don't want to do pellets. I'm not comfortable with that. I guess that means there's nothing for me. Nope. There's injections, there's creams, there's I creams, there's morals. today, you know, right. um, but okay. So we need to talk about who, uh, who is pellets for kind of like who, mm-hmm. who can do them and who can't. Um, so some questions like if you are on birth control. Can you do pellets? So going to be a little question there. Depends on what we're talking about. Meaning, so testosterone, estrogen are going to be the two primary pellets I will put in a female. Just to kind of back us up a little bit here. Testosterone. Ladies, you have it, need it, just like the guys. Just not at the levels you do. Uh, levels guys do. Great. I don't want to run anybody at a level a guy is anyways. What does it do for you? Energy. Focus. Concentration mom fog, mom brain, that libido, ability to orgasm, muscle tone, weight loss, joint pain, sleep, mood. There's kind of your basics there on top of all of the deeper cellular things that it helps with. From a symptom standpoint, those are the things we're talking about. Irritability, anxiety, depression, all of those things when I'm talking mood. So, and I know most gals, when I start listing those are like, yep, 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 yep. Okay, I'm getting a little uncomfortable here. That sounds like me. (laughs) So if you are a perimenopausal or a menopausal gal who's not on estrogen, I frankly could care less if you're on OCPs or not and going on testosterone. I'm going to take it a step further. Probably most of the conversation that we don't have with females is if you are on a oral birth control pill, it has the potential to increase a hormone called sex hormone binding globulin which downstream binds testosterone, shuts down ovarian production of testosterone. 95% of your testosterone comes from your ovaries. So when you go on a birth control pill, you're shutting down 95% of your production of testosterone. So when we put, yep. When we put a female on oral birth control pills, we are basically inevitably putting her in a testosterone deficiency state. Okay. So like my, my brain is like, click, click, click. So Mm -hmm. right now, and I don't know the numbers, but, and and maybe you do, are we at a point in time where 
like the 40 year olds are showing up, right? We're all showing up to this. Are the 40 year olds right now, the first kind of like big, huge batch of women that were on a constant oral contraception? Probably. And we're wondering I mean, why we all like, but what? Why do we all of a sudden feel like this? Correct. And it's really? because we were all on birth control, which was shutting off of our testosterone. Uh -huh. Sometimes it will recover when you get off of it. Sometimes it doesn't. My caveat will be if you're a female who has PCOS, sometimes that group just does better. And to some degree, some of my endometriosis girls will just do better on an oral contraceptive pill. So you have that conversation with you. Hey, I, I need to put you on this because of your other conditions, but I'm going to likely create a testosterone deficiency that we can manage through otherwise. But I mean, I'll raise my hand. I'm about to be 44 at 15. It was no big deal. Here's your script for birth control. Your periods are heavy. Okay. Mom, dad don't want to deal with it. And there were no conversations. I mean, it, I usually joke with people. It was 2016. I graduated from medical school in 2006. So a decade after I graduated from medical school, when somebody slapped that information up against me, I was like, excuse me, what? So birth control pills are decreasing testosterone levels. And we're creating this whole generation of females who wonder why they're crabby, don't want to have sex, are tired and have mom brain. Awesome. Do you know how many women are listening to this? Like just mind blown <laughs> right now. Like everyone's like, wait, what? Like uh -huh. it. Oh my gosh. It's just so wild. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have heard, and again, just asking from the whole crowd of women, yep. um, can these, this testosterone or is it pellets or is it the testosterone that can cause birth defects? If you do get pregnant while you're doing this, is that true? Is no. that like or is that just pellets? Is that hormone therapy in general? What is that? It's the, it's the testosterone piece. Okay. A, because it's one of those, nobody's going to do the study that says, here, get pregnant. Let me give you testosterone and see what's happening to your perfectly healthy baby. Right. So it's a category X in pregnancy because basically we don't know what harm would be. That being said, if a female did get pregnant, stayed on testosterone, your biggest risk is ab ambiguous genitalia in a, specifically in a female or kind of extra male symptoms in a male newborn. Okay. Beyond that, we haven't done enough testing to know, Hey, here are some other potential downstreams, which so is usually why we opinion, are you pretty like, do not get pregnant on testosterone. Yes. Yeah. We require all of our females either to have some form of birth, birth control. The butt being most of the gals, by the time they realize that it was a testosterone problem, are past child rearing. Like probably 90% right. of my gals are, nope, my husband's had a vasectomy. Nope, we're done. That's fine. I just want to feel great. Yep. And I, what I'm seeing from my view is younger and younger and younger and younger comments. I mean, I, I'm getting comments of like, wait a minute, I'm 30. Like, this is me. And I'm like, did she start? you know, birth control at 12, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like, and now yeah. my brain is like, ah, you know, I don't. And so, yeah. The other part of the conversation that doesn't often happen is most of us gals start our testosterone decline in our early thirties. There is a steady decline in testosterone, typically starting in your early thirties. I was 34 when I first had my levels checked and my testosterone was eight. It didn't really catch up with me personally until late thirties. I was managing okay at that point at an eight, but most gals in their early thirties have symptoms. It's just whether or not, are they proactive enough to check their levels? So to know we could talk, this is going to be like a whole nother podcast, but I just want to ask <laughs> you have a few like quick answers because it, knowing what you know now, if there's a 20 year old, you know, some girl in their twenties, like, are there some things that you would have done different, like for instance, like this, and I don't even know if this is true, but like everyone talks about dim, which comes from carnivorous, you know, plants. And I'm yep. like, so is it the girls that were eating like a crap ton of broccoli 
you know, their whole lives that like happen to have like a good level of testosterone, right? Like what are some things that you would do differently? Ooh, knowing loaded you know? Super loaded question. So that's, it's probably like lift weights though, right? I mean, I've heard that like having more muscle mass is helpful. Ladies, if, right? you're, uh, but, ladies yeah. if you are a female who isn't doing any sort of strength training, you need to start. Yes. Pl plain and simple. Um, so I have a 10 year old daughter. She will never go on oral birth control pills from a birth control standpoint. If it makes sense, I prefer an IUD because you're not shutting down ovarian function of the hormones. This is where things get super loaded. Um, and I'm going to kind of take that point from my daughter. She's going to get labs when she's 18. She's going to get a baseline. The average age of onset of menses used to be, be between 13 and 14. It's now between 10 and 11. So what, I, what would I do differently? I think there are a ton of environmental factors that are impacting this for not only our generation, but our kids' generation that are really hard to control. I think dietary wise, the cleaner you can eat. But again, as I'm a mom of two, I don't have time to grow my own garden and raise chickens and butcher my own whatever, but we've gotten away from that as a society and we're busier. I don't know what chemicals are in the air. I don't, I just, there's enough other stuff that I think is dramatically impacting the shifts we're seeing. I'm also going to be a little bit bold. We know in adults, COVID has impacted growth hormone levels, hormone levels, et cetera. And I had this same conversation with my kid's pediatrician. I said, if we're seeing this in adults, do I need to be concerned about delayed or early onset puberty with my kids? And how is it going to affect their hormone levels, their fertility levels? And I basically got blank stares. I was like, uh, good yeah, talk. Thing. Nobody well, and, knows. You know, we could debate COVID all day long, but in the end, from my standpoint, I'm like COVID or not, like the level of stress, the level of fear, the level, like the bizarre scenario that we were all living in, like the kids coming home, the kids being stressed, the kids going to school and then not going to school. And then like, everyone's home and they're like losing jobs. And like, like uh -huh. just like minus the actual mm -hmm. sickness, yep. Yep. just our world shutting the down stress. and like not knowing mm -hmm. what the hell is happening. Yep. Like just that, I feel like our body was like, God, you know? <laughs> So. And the other 5% of your testosterone comes from your adrenal glands, which is your stress hormone. Yes. Well, yeah. in the whole sex hormone pathway, cortisol is part of that. Once you start making cortisol, it tells your body, hey, we don't need to prioritize testosterone. So there, to your point, there's that whole stress piece of where I've had a couple gals who are like, you know what, I'm going to try and manage my stress. I'm going to do dietary exercise changes. And I had the gal who really comes to mind, her testosterone was three when she came in to see me. She spent six months working on her diet, not over-exercising. Ladies, you can make things worse by over-exercising. My theme is give yourself the grace. It's okay. I know that's hard for us. But in six months, she took her testosterone with no hormone replacement from three to 75. But she was willing to put in the work and change her life to do that. That's not always she feasible for so all of us. She defeated in the sense of like, you know, she's always like, I couldn't have done that. Right. Like right. I was like, I can't get out of bed. Right. Like, so <laughs> right. yeah, you can catch it. She was pushing like, through. I can do, I can yep. show up and do it. And I you have, have the mental capacity. I mean, mm -hmm. I think if somebody had caught me when I went to my doctor the very first time at like 36, mm -hmm. if different scenario, I was like you and you were like, okay. This is what's going on with you. This is what we need to do. I would have been able to show up for myself. I think I would have been able to do it. Right. Uh, but we were talking to these 43 year olds that are like, uh -uh. Well, like I'm at the end yeah. of the road. So, well, and the hard part too is to be able to find women. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting that women that are at that phase are being able to get the information and being able to do something. That's yep. great. Yep. Well, and I think the hard part is like most of the time, by the time gals get to me, they've seen their primary care, OB-GYN, maybe somebody else who basically everybody's told them, nope, your levels are fine. It's normal. Yep. Or eat less, exercise more. And you're going, I'm yep. only eating 1200 calories. I'm working at an hour, six days of the week. Where do you want me to manifest less and more at the same time? 
not going to happen. Life is like living in this body that I'm in now, like on hormone therapy with good levels of testosterone and progesterone and like getting a good night's sleep. It's a different world. Like I can look at a brownie and not gain weight, right? Like it's very, very different. Yep. And you just, it's almost bizarre, honestly, because testosterone plays a huge role in sugar metabolism. Even just like pain. Like I used to just Uh be in so much pain all the time. Now I can like jog and not hurt. Like it's Uh so weird. Okay. Let's, we have to dive into this because I don't talk about this a lot. Um, Again, it's more out of like wanting women to find, to not be afraid. And at this Mm -hmm. point, I feel like my first focus is to save lives. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And sometimes I'll say, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I did, I got, I got a few extra chin hairs. Mm -hmm. And at that point I was like, don't care. I would literally be willing to shave a beard at this point. But, um, so I'm going to talk about my side effects and mm-hmm. this might be because I got too high and you can weigh in on a lot of this and what you do with your patients. So, uh, a few extra chin hairs, um, the, and, and this is lots of information, but your clitoris, clitoral and clitoral uh, migly, yep. Increase yep, in clitoral size, get bigger and uh-huh. not, it's a little bit bigger. It's like, for me, I'm like, it's a little easier to find, like it's, I'm okay with that. Yep. Husband's I've okay with that. We're all good here. I've had um, one gal complain about that and I dropped her levels and she came back and she goes, I cannot orgasm, Melissa. Whatever you did, give it back. Give it back. You're not yep. like we're not growing penises over here. Like nope. we're just it's just a little bit easier to find. It's a little it's, swollen. Yeah. It's you know what? Like when I'm really in my like I can like maybe walk fast, you know? And you're like, whoa. I've been just kidding. I'm yeah. not like <laughs> It just might be a little happier to walk, you know? Um, The other thing that was really surprising was my voice. My voice changed. And I think Mm -hmm. it is because I was running high. For me, I'm not a singer. I don't, I I don't need to be hitting any notes. Um, But when my voice changed, that was a little like, ooh, this would super suck if you Mm -hmm. didn't know that that was coming or you didn't know and you're a singer or an actress or something like that, um, that, that would be really good information to make sure. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about some of those side effects that you're seeing. So most common side effects I'll talk about. Yes. Increase in facial, potentially body hair, acne, increase in clitoral size are really the big three that I'll talk about with gals. If they are extreme, it means your dosing is too high. They are dosing dependent. So that's when we have to have the conversation of, well, do we treat by adding other medications, which can help, or do we lower dosing slash see you more frequently? Becomes that risk benefit ratio. Yes, voice changes. Again, typically that's going to be more long-term testosterone use or too high dosing. Another one I will add in there is male pattern baldness. I tend to see that more in my postmenopausal 60 plus gals who tend to like their testosterone to run quite a bit higher so they can get some hair thinning as a result from that. The other things we will watch for is an increase in your hemoglobin and hematocrit, which are markers of how thick or thin your blood is. So when a lot of times as us gals, we'll hear, oh, you're anemic. You need to go on iron. This would be the opposite when you're too thick. If those from a metabolic standpoint remain high long-term, that's when we can start to see some cholesterol changes and some liver enzyme changes. And again, those are all going to be too high. Okay. I have a chin hair here, a chin hair here, and I think a one more on this other side. They're worth plucking. Yeah. I and like, I had them you know before I was on testosterone. Yeah, I, was like, I was plucking two here before. So now Correct. I just have like two here and maybe one yep. here. And I'm like, that's fine. Whatever. We were talking okay. before. It's good. Yep. Um, so good. Um, what was my other question? Um, okay. Let's talk real quick about price range. Like if people are going and, uh, getting pellets, I have heard the craziest amounts of pricing where I, this is what's fun about having a group. This is what's fun about having people come together. <laughs> it's because when women talk, 
women talk and oh, yeah. it makes it so that we can't, you know, we're just, we're not going to be taken advantage of because one woman's going to come in and say, I found an incredible provider. They do all of these things for yep. whatever it is, $400 for every yep. three months, whatever it is. Um, and then another woman will come in and say, I have a provider. They're requiring that I have $500 of supplements from their line of supplements <laughs> every month, plus the pellets are $1,000. And we'll be like, absolutely not. So right. give us, like, you're in the space. You know how much it costs to, like, do the work from your end. Yep. What should the range be? So the biggest thing I'm going to tell gals is location matters. Your California's, Florida's, <laughs> New York's. Even Texas can tend to be just a little bit pricier. Um, I don't know whether that's warranted or not, or if that's just kind of market average. If you're going every three months, the general average is 450, generally speaking. Um, sometimes that will include labs. Sometimes it won't. I will see some people require a, an entire year. And that can run anywhere from 1800 to 2500 on average for females. Um, I'll give, I'll be 100% transparent here. So in my Gals on Pellets, we do a monthly instead of making you pay for three months up front. I don't limit my Gals on how many pellets they can get in a year because I know if you're a fast metabolizer and you need to be in every eight to 10 weeks and I'm charging you per pellet, that can get pretty pricey really quick. Wow. I did. I've literally never talked to a provider that does that. That's amazing. It's been a pretty new, but we're roughly 150 to 175 on a monthly basis. That's so awesome. we, we follow in that kind of 450. But again, I'm seeing my gals, most of them every eight to 10 weeks. So I most of my gals are in five to six times a year. There are like, there are posts in my community where someone will come on and be like, Okay, girls, I'm five weeks out from getting my next pellet. Right. What are we gonna do? You know, because they're right. like dropping off. They're mm -hmm. like just they feel the down and, and yet they're like, I don't want to pay another round, you know, uh -huh. like they're already out the money from before. They're Correct. like jumping and saving to do this. So it's so and cool I, the way that you run. That's awesome. I think that's why I did it that way because every the other pellet places I've worked at before I went on my own into my own clinic was they're trying to fit women to their model. We're all different individuals. Why, why should I be telling you, well, you need to fit to my model, even though your metabolism suggests something completely different or your symptoms suggest something completely different. So I'm going to charge you $2,500 for a year, but because your metabolism is fast, you have to pay me an extra 500 or a thousand just to feel great. No. It, we love you. We it should be affordable. Here. We love you. <laughs> this is exactly how it should go. I love that. Okay. One other question, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, okay. If someone, for all of your patients that are doing pellets, um, yeah. do you recommend, uh, are there any supplements that you recommend? Like, I know a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people are talking about the hair loss thing when they're mm -hmm. upping their testosterone. Um, and then I don't know any other, like for your, you know, for your blood thickness to make sure that your liver, like all those things, are there some supplements where you're like, this could be a good idea. Like if you're going to do this, uh, honestly, vitamin D, which really has nothing to do other than it supports healthy cholesterol levels. I tend to not be a big supplement person because if your provider's doing pellets, great, you shouldn't have hair loss. You should like, if. If you're dialed into where you should be, you shouldn't be having to manage through some of those other side effects. I'm going to caveat that a little bit though. I do have some gals who are like, Melissa, I feel great at 250. I don't care about my acne. I will absolutely take another medication to control my acne or to control my facial hair. Just don't touch my level where it is. And that's part of the conversation you have to have. If we're having side effects at a certain level, well now do, is it worth running that high for the side effect? But because you'll, you'll get people who are like, I'd, I'm not going to go on an additional medication just right. to feel great. So that's where that that conversation comes from. So you have to kind of you have to decide. You got a balance. It's a balance. And I know we've talked strictly testosterone today. Yes. But I, I'm going to caveat this one because it's important. Gals, if you are a postmenopausal female, 
on estrogen and you still have your uterus, you 100% need to be on progesterone. If you are getting estrogen from a provider and you're not getting progesterone, find a different provider. And I know that there is, I don't know if it's a debate or if just like a difference of opinion, but um, like I've read things that like, if you don't have a uterus, you don't need progesterone, but then there's like, there's a lot of people that don't have a uterus that are taking progesterone and it's super beneficial. So correct. So if you have a uterus, I take progesterone. It's super helpful. So if you don't have a uterus, whether you're on estrogen or not, you don't have to be on progesterone, but just to your point too, there are plenty of women who are like, I sleep better. My mood is better. I don't have menstrual migraines. So it's not a necessity if you don't have a uterus, but it can be beneficial. Oh my gosh, this conversation is so damn good. Like this is what everyone, this is how the conversation should be, right? Mm -hmm. It should just be, this is what it is. This is what pellets are. Right. And it's a choice. It's, it's a thing that is available. And I love that. Okay. Now in the very beginning, you mentioned your clinic. Let's bring that back. Like, where are you? How do people get a hold of you? So in Omaha, Nebraska, just kind of like I mentioned, um, if people want to get a hold of me, phone calls, probably the best. So cell phone is going to, or cell phone office phone is going to be 531-721-2545. If you are not in any of the States, where I'm licensed, where we can have a conversation or I'll get some people who travel to Nebraska. It's perfectly okay from that standpoint. Joy Women's Wellness is going to be my other. My only caveat there is going to be at Joy, we don't do pellets. We're going to be primarily injection and some supplemental stuff as well. So if you're specifically looking for pellets, and even if you are and I'm not in a place, you're not in a place where I can help you, don't be afraid to reach out either. Um, our website is www.re-newinstitute.com. If you go to that info page, I've helped a lot of gals who have moved out of my clinic get set up with reputable, pe- pe- reputable pellet providers. I would rather know you're going to somebody great than having an awful experience and writing off hormones when I know you can feel better. So even if we're not in a place where you get, where we can help you, I'd, I'd love to take the opportunity to set you up with a good provider. I love that. And you know, we, we need to talk more because uh, you can help me or we can help each other. Um, I have listed your clinic on our directory, but we're really, you know, our directory at wakerup.co is just trying to create and collect all of the best providers and anybody that you're recommending to these women, I would love to make sure are on our list as well. So that, you know, it's a really easy place for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, just for you to go to anybody and for women to find what they need. Um, This is such an important conversation. And, you know, I want everyone to know, like we said, this is the beginning this is not an advertisement for pellets. It's not promoting that everyone should do pellets. This is information of this is what pellets are. This is what it can do for you. This is how it works. In the end, you deserve to feel good. You deserve to know that living in a miserable feeling body doesn't have to be your situation. And Don't burn your life down before you before you get your hormones checked and know what's really going on. I've seen so many women just turn their life upside down and like, huh, maybe if I'd have just had my hormones checked, I'd have been in a better place. The saddest comments I get are from husbands. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get emotional even saying it. I, I get messages all the time. A, a husband will see my video. It will, it will say all the symptoms. That's my wife. Mm-hmm. And they will say, it will be too late. They'll say, I think that's what happened to my ex-wife. I didn't know uh-huh. how to help her. And they'll be like, I think I lost, they'll say like, I think I lost the love of my life because of this. I didn't know. Yep. And you're just like, this is horrible. Can I hug you? Cause I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. How, how do we, yeah. How do you tell women that just check things out before you burn your life down? And, and I also want to speak to the, it always comes up. Every single time we talk about this, I don't have the money. It's too expensive. Why isn't this covered by insurance? And Mm -hmm. I always like, 
touching on this because I think it needs to be said like over and over and over because we have like a lifetime of undoing it in our brain. But the idea of insurance has really messed us up because we have trusted that us paying insurance is going to take care of our body. It's going to take care of our health to the point where it seems ridiculous for us to go pay money out of pocket to help our bodies. Mm-hmm. Like that is like, oh my gosh, I would never because like I pay this insurance and that right. seems ridiculous and that must be a scam because it's not covered. Like it's messed us up so much, but yet we're paying what 300, 400, $800 a month for a car payment mm-hmm. because life would be ridiculous without a car. Without it. Mm-hmm. But then we, are living in these bodies that are like breaking down and we're not willing to like pay some money to make sure they mm-hmm. feel good. And I just want to give anyone that is, that has the money, but doesn't, hasn't given themselves the permission to use it on themselves. Like you're, you're the best okay. investment. You're, you're literally okay. your only guaranteed investment mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think we need more women to feel good. That world needs more women to feel good. The current healthcare system doesn't thrive if you're not ill. <laughs> and I'll—it's just true. Just how it it's is. So true. And I'll challenge most of us. Look at your insurance. Most of us are paying three times what we were a decade ago, and getting less. They nobody wants to pay for anything that keeps you healthy and gets you living longer. Yeah. Yeah. Bad state. But it's it's a crazy situation to be front lines to Mm -hmm. this situation. I mean, it is it is wild. And uh it's gonna take some bravery, it's gonna take some people taking risks, it's gonna take women trying new things. Mm -hmm. But for women to be able to do that, they're gonna have to know that they matter and and standing up for each other. Yeah. It's okay to support each other and fight for this for all of us. Well. I am so grateful that you are part of this wake her up movement, that you're here, that you're part of like, that you have your own practice, that you are an, uh, on the advisory board for Joy Women's Wellness. It just, it, does it get any better than that? Like, it's just so damn good. Nope. nope. Oh my always. God. We always need like four more hours when we talk. I know. We need <laughs> to like make a hundred of you. How do we're going to do that? We're going to figure out how to do that. Well, everyone that's here, thank you so much for listening. Um, And if you need anything, all of this information is going to be on our Facebook page, Wake Her Up. Also, make sure you're on the newsletter. So go to wakeherup.co and you will have access to all of the notes, all the links, uh, all of Melissa's information, everything you need at wakeherup.co. And with that, everyone have a great day.